three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Stoned Apes Podcast. And the three motherfuckers are joined by a cop. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? How are you doing, sir? You're all under arrest. <laughs> <We> are, <laughs> I'm expecting Miranda rights like yeah. any second. <laughs> Am I being detained? So your, <laughs> so your name is John. Are you an actual police officer? Tell the audience who you are. My name is John, and I am an actual policeman. Oh, man. Shocker. Wow. I know. So, who would have thunk, right? Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast, sir. I, we really do appreciate having you here. It took a little convincing, but we got you here. Yeah. Yeah? I'm you excited? It, yeah, a little nervous. A little nervous? Mm -hmm. Really? Fair. Well, now, now you know how it feels. Yeah, now you know how it feels, motherfucker. You seem a little uh, anxious, sir. Yeah, but... <laughs> Can you so describe nervousness for you, me, please? You feeling okay? Yeah. You anything to drink today? <laughs> Can you say your ABCs backwards? <laughs> so, for the listening audience, just so you know, we want to clarify a few things. Uh, our guest today is an actual police officer, and no, he is not partaking, partaking in any of the festivities, so this will be a clean show. But we are going to learn quite a bit about cannabis, cannabis law, and a bunch of other stuff that I think he's going to want to talk about. So, that's our disclaimer, and we are going to move on. So... So oh, before right. we started, you said that you love writing tickets, oh, and it's so, like your favorite part of the so day. So much. <laughs> no, really, I that, like people. I, it's all about <laughs> revenue collection, right? That's what I just said. That's what I've been told. <laughs> That's what you've been told. So how long you been a police officer? Ten years. Ten years. No shit. Mm -hmm. How do you like it so far? It pays the bills. It pays the bills. It pays my bills. Well, you definitely have a challenge, don't you? Because being a police officer in 2023 is completely different than it used to be, isn't it? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, you got to be almost like a legal scholar and therapist and marriage counselor and just about everything else. Spiritual advisor. <laughs> spiritual advisor. Oh, that sounds like a story. I, I don't have a story about being a spiritual advisor, but I'm sure right, it's Well, before we're done with this episode, I want to hear some crazy shit. <laughs> I want to I know. Now, your current position, you are a school safety officer? Mm -hmm. Okay, now, how is that different than a regular police officer? Mm -hmm. what, how did you transition into that role? No. <laughs> Nobody wanted it. Oh. And cops don't usually want it. That right. job because it's a lot of gray area. It's hard to deal with kids all the time. Minors. Wow. Yeah, I can it's, a, it, it, it's not bad. It's the best job I've had so far, for sure. So, with the rash of school shootings that we've seen in the last couple of years, what are your thoughts on uh, some remedies or ways we, through policy, we could help fix some of that? That's like the that's the million dollar question, I guess. I mean, it's really hard. I, I think. Outward security is the big, I think, the biggest deal. Keeping people out of the building. School security is horrible. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people coming and going. There's tons of doors. It's hard to monitor everybody that's in there all the time. So, you get it. How did it happen in Uvalde? They had heat. That door was locked but propped open. A teacher ran out to a car or something, and then yep. he just happened to be right there, right at that moment. Right. And then he's in. Yeah, that was, that whole situation was terrible on a lot of levels, but. Well, I know one of the things that I was interested to talk to you about, especially as a school safety officer. So my son is a sophomore, getting ready to be a junior. And I will tell you what, as somebody who is pro-cannabis, I am appalled at what goes on at schools. 
the stuff that my son comes home and tells me about, uh, you know, kids sitting catatonic in classrooms, almost to the point of drooling on themselves, the open weed use in schools, and it just blows me away. I, I couldn't believe it when he was telling me the stories that this is allowed to happen. Could you shed some light on this? Because it, it just, I would have never anticipated it being so bad and so open in schools. You didn't smoke weed in school? Not in school, no, I did not. I mean, we would smoke weed on the way to school, and we did drugs, but man, when we were at school, no, I did not have drugs on me. I was not openly doing drugs. We were not in a situation where, you know, if, if the counselors or somebody thought you were doing something like that, you'd be pulled in the office, you'd be counseled. Like, there was repercussions that came from behaviors. And now it's like, you know, my son will come home and be like, yeah, my buddy took a 300 milligram dropper the other day. And he, next thing you know, he's walking through the hallway and he's at his desk and he can't talk. He's drooling all over himself and nobody does shit about it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like even being pro cannabis, that's like, why do we have laws if we're not going to enforce them? No. There are some laws like you can't, you're supposed to be over the age of 21. How can a 15, 16-year-old kid be in possession of cannabis and high at school on government grounds and nothing happens? Go ahead. I'll let you. I'm just it's, just, it's tough because <clears throat> this, some of the schools are pretty aggressive about trying to find it, but then what do you do with it once you have it? And especially in a place like Missouri where it's legal now, like where is it supposed to go? He, but it's not, really legal. No it's not legal for an underage child. No, I mean, I, it'd be I, no different than buying alcohol underage. Like, you would think that they would be enforcing this, especially on school grounds. Well, there is an avenue, for, I think, if they're actively high. Like, you can, but you have to be able to prove it. It's not enough to just be like, he's high. And then when they have it, I think, if you look at it, I think the penalty for it, having it underage, there is no penalty. It's and like, a prosecutor's probably not going to take it because <clears throat> it's not worth the time. Well, they might entertain it, but it's, it's like you... The, the, it gets way down into the weeds. They'll be like, well, how do you know he's high right now? Once it gets fur, fur, further down the process, right. well, how'd you know he was high? Do you, what do you, Are you, you a DUI officer? How do you know that? <laughs> right. yeah. And then... Well, isn't there some telltale signs? I mean, if I walked up to a kid and his eyes are bloodshot red and he can't hold a conversation and he's like to the point of being almost catatonic, it would be pretty obvious to me that he was fucked up on something. It just gets obnoxious the farther down you go. But really? then, you, yeah, but that but, argument can just go like, "Oh, well, it's allergy season, and I'm anxious, and I don't know how to speak to adults." And or there's so many different ways that you can play. Ow, oh, I was not high. And a lot of parents too will they yeah. want to rush to, you know, you want to yeah, help your I kid out. This, so they'll, I, they'll, they'll I, I think this is you. the part that gets me though. Um, two fronts. One, I'm a medical marijuana card holder. Okay, so even before it became recreationally legal, it is legal for me to be in possession of marijuana. As a medical marijuana card holder, I cannot walk onto school property with marijuana in my possession. If Officer John here seen me on school property, he would arrest the fuck out of me and I would be screwed. Okay? I do not understand how a 16-year-old kid without a medical card who is possessing something illegally can be walking around on federal property without prosecution. To me, that's appalling. I think that the penalty, though, is not... I think it's a civil penalty or something like that, or administrative penalty. There's something... It's not a criminal matter, so there's really nothing I Even for do. me as a medical card I owner? think if you read the amendment, it, said so, it says something like that. Like, oh, if you take it to a school, it's like a whatever an, inf an infraction or 
like a civil penalty, but nobody's really sure who gives that civil civil yeah, penalty it's, out. It's like a fine. It's not a it's not a misdemeanor or a felony. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. So that kind of removes us from it because we can't. I can't just like give you a civil penalty of anything. That's not it's a we citation, and then you go to court and they decide if they're going to enforce the fine. Who, who, the criminal court? Not the criminal court. Civil. Yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, we don't deal in that. Right. I know. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. It's it's it was. Everyone signed the amendment, but nobody really knows how it's supposed to work. Wow. Perfect. <laughs> the recipe for a great policy. Well, that leads into the next conversation. How do we not get in trouble? <laughs> so now just that like we went that. one way. Like that, that is, we'll talk about some of that later. I don't want to deviate too far from the from the school thing just yet. But yeah, that that's coming down the pipe because I, I would like to talk about cannabis laws and like I'd, it'd be good to know like what's going to actually get me in trouble versus what's not going to get me in trouble. It's all civil penalty. All civil. Penalty. I think so. And can't it come down to like officers' discretion also? Always. Like, I don't even think you're going to find officers in Missouri messing with it at all. Yeah. I was. It's, it's just not worth the paperwork. It's been amended in the Constitution. I think that when they did that, wouldn't it by definition mean that any law that pertained to it's unconstitutional right away, right? Like right. it's just over. It's all oh. those laws are gone. Yeah, but there's so a bunch of there's about, a bunch of laws and restrictions. Let's talk about on. Sapa. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a there, there's a bunch of laws about like how much you can possess. There's laws on where you can smoke. You know, even as a, a card holder or even recreationally, you're only supposed to smoke inside private property or, or property and dwellings that you own. You know, I'm not even sure I can legally smoke it outside. I don't know if I've read the the full details on that. But I think as long as I'm on my property, that's okay. Well, I think if you smoke it in public, you're still you're not supposed to do that, right, by the amendment. But mm -hmm. I think the penalty is. Hey, Civil don't feet. do that. Is it about the Civil same assessment. as like a public intox or something? It's like I don't think so because there's actual ordinance behind that. Like those are so it's even looser than that. I think so. I figured it'd fall under the same since you can be DUI. No, for the because same. It, well, if you get a DUI, that's a that's a state well, statute. No, no, no. For I know anyone that. out there that I figured it would be along those lines, though. I don't think so. I think it's like, a, hey, don't do that. Someone's going to give you a $200 fine, but nobody knows who that person is. Shit. Someone's going to. Go find somebody. <laughs> I'll be gonna here. It's not going to be the police. I'll be waiting. Go find right somebody. See, but at that point, like, how am I going to assume any kind of authority over some $200 fine that some random person's giving me? I'm sure at some point it'll get cleared up where there'll be some bureaucratic group that once they figure out how to really three letter, <laughs> some three letter groups coming right start getting I don't think it's us. Everyone's really confused, so I could be saying things that are not right too. That well, nobody really knows how this because it just well it takes happened. time. Yeah, when they pass legislations like that, there's so many pages that come with it because they put all that other bullshit in there. It's like when they pass the Affordable Health Care Act. So in the tax world, this was a big deal for us. And it took years for them to go through that law and finally pass down all the rules and regulations that were in it. It was two, three, four years after the fact before we really understood what that law had and what it entailed and how to deal with it. You, and that's the IRS included. So I could imagine this is a similar scenario to where by the time they're going to have to take time to go through the law, then pass down the legislation, and then little bits and pieces over time, you'll probably end up knowing more. So you're I, saying they had to pass it to find all the good stuff in it? <laughs> that, I think that was the, that was the narrative. Yes, yeah, that very much worked that way. That's the tricky part about it, though, is because it wasn't legislated; it was just an amendment. Every, they were like, "Hey, you guys want to smoke pot? Hell yeah, we do." 
done. Sixty percent. There now, was no like legislation written. Now, as a police officer in a state that allows recreational use of marijuana, are other police officers allowed to use marijuana recreationally? Oh no. No. So that's a no go, huh? No. And, and so let's talk about that for a minute. Like personal feelings. You can drink. Yeah. Why can't you get high? I don't right. know. That's bullshit. It's probably a public perception thing more than I'm sure it anything is. else. Hey, I would feel much better if I seen a cop getting high than getting drunk. Absolutely. <laughs> you probably make better decisions when you're stoned than versus when you're super hammered anyway, but Absolutely. I have a whole bunch of fighting that says you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I fight pretty well high. I so. don't want to be the canary. I can tell you that. The, the test case for right. everybody. Oh, we yeah. don't do that. He got. They whacked him immediately. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Especially when it's your career. I mean, if it's anything, yeah, not on duty, but it's like the military, right? If they were to federally legalize, like. Personally, I know a lot of guys who've I've put a lot of people out of the military because they popped out on a on a piss test, right? But personally, I always made the argument. I was like, "Yeah, but these other guys who are stellar soldiers are getting hammered and every DWIs single and night." And well, DUI became a thing where it's just as bad. You got that, you were basically done. Second, yeah, half because of you're my letting career. everybody drink, right? But the point the point is is like it was kind of that argument. So literally, when in the TBI clinic, they laid out all the drugs, and they went through alcohol, uh, illegal drugs, down through opioids, which were high. And the last drug, the this is the specialist for the clinic we're in, in this outpatient program. And he's like, marijuana, blah, blah, blah. And like, he's not making a good point that this should be whatever. And he said, the only reason this is on our list is because it's still federally illegal. And that mm-hmm. dude looked like he smoked. I'm telling you straight <laughs> up. Oh, my God. But But he literally said, like, this shouldn't even be a thing. Well, the, but it the is. federal issue is ridiculous, and then you attach that to the state issues. You know, it's even with the traveling that we do. It's like you know, we leave out of Missouri, and I can have up to three ounces in the car. So I'll put in three ounces in the car and go take a trip. Then the whole time I'm driving, I have to be looking at every state that I'm going through. What are the laws, right? We there are states that we literally drive around, like Kansas. Kansas is still Reagan, <laughs> you know, Dare program on drugs, 1980s. If they even think you have shit, they will put you in fucking jail. And it is, knew so it, ass backward. it is so <laughs> ass backward. So we don't even drive through the state of Kansas. We go around Kansas because it just isn't worth it. Yeah. You know, we had that uh, trip scheduled with that uh, Big Bend National Park. We were going to go down there. Ended up having to cancel that whole damn trip over marijuana. It's le- it's Medical marijuana is legal and recognized in the state of Texas. Their only law they have on it is that you have to buy it in Texas. Cool. I'll drive to Texas and buy your weed. No problem. Even as a medical card, medical marijuana card holder here, recognized in the state of Texas, purchasing the marijuana legally in Texas, Texas marijuana, if I was to drive into the state park, because that is federal ground, I now broke the law. And on leaving the, the state park, you have to go through actual border patrol, just like they have at the Mexican border, and then you go to federal jail. And they're like literally putting people away right now over contraband. And I'm like, how fucked is that? I had to cancel my whole trip and deviate and go a completely different direction because of that law. Imagine if I'm doing that. How many other tourists are doing that? How many tourism dollars are getting lost because it's just not safe enough to be able to... Well, they're making it up in fines. It's okay. 
Yeah, fuck them. I ain't getting dinged on that. <laughs> what do you Got mean? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, too. But, man, you know, it. I wasn't going to go. A shakedown's a shakedown, whichever way you put it, you know. Well, you know, I partake in cannabis because it's legal, right? I wouldn't be, I, I would like to think that I wouldn't be doing it if it was an illegal activity. So my goal is not to go to jail. Right? I'm not trying to go to some other state, fuck around, and get put in jail. Me too. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. <laughs> you know, I value my freedom, mm -hmm. you know, and I try not to do things that are, like, going to get me fucked. And, and that's one of those ones that we just pay attention to. But, yeah, we hit that. Uh, we've had a few moments where it was kind of sketch, and we were like, oh. Are we going to go to jail here? I don't yeah, know. don't know. We might. Don't know. <laughs> Tell you, there was a particular border crossing in a... California that uh, someone sweated through. I'm not going to name names, but it was intense, I heard. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Allegedly, it was a very intense situation. They remember it well. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on uh, federal legalization? Five years, ten years, two years? Oh, how long it might take? Yeah, just how long? Uh, you, what's your thought? If ever, I don't know. It's gonna come eventually. I think so too. Just the dollars. Yep. Alone, just the tax. I don't know how much every state's making, but I know it. They're. It's big. Missouri must have made millions of dollars. Oh yeah. Like the first day. Like for real. Yeah. So I don't know. At some point, they'll be. It's one more thing for the ATF. Well, once the government's away. the only party not getting paid off this, I'm sure they'll be like, all right, well, you know, that's yeah. Yeah. things are gonna change. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whoa. As a as a professor of economics a businessman and a cannabis user. There are certain things that I just don't understand about the legislation that makes doesn't make I mean syntax, all right? You have this perfectly inelastic good that price does not matter. You can tax the ever-loving shit out of it and people will still buy it. And then you have all these states out there that refuse to use this as a revenue producer. Right. And it's like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And even me as a cannabis user, I don't care. I'll pay whatever tax you want me to pay. If you want to legalize that shit, let's do it. At least I can get it right. Done. I can always still get it. Anyway, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, 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 allegedly. <laughs> the whole show. Allegedly. <laughs> We're for the show. That'll, 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 that's no. the name is this of the on episode. Record? That'll that'll be the, the title of the episode. Allegedly. And it's settled. You regretting your decision yet? No, no, it's still good. It's still, it's still good. It's still good. He's like, oh, fuck me, man. What still the hell fine. did I sign up for? Still fine. Sorry. Yeah, everything's good. It's all right. We'll cuddle later. Yeah. <laughs> you like back mount? I don't know. <laughs> Find out. I already said, just don't make eye contact. What? Hey, no, 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 no. The best part. Let, let, let me be. Yeah, let me be. I make eye contact. No, aggressive. Like aggressive. We're gonna rename the executioner. Aggressively yeah. make eye contact. I knew this was a setup the whole time. I knew it. <laughs> I'll just be surprised if one of us doesn't. I'm surprised you're the one that's saying that. This is the, yeah, <laughs> this is the part of the show where we all gather around you and beat you up. Well, yes. you know what? I told you. Well, now we get to beat you up all the time. So that, <laughs> that's a fair thing. Yeah, the good thing about the martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> the only job where you can actually legally punch a cop. And it's just okay. I punched that cop so many times today. It was crazy. So many. Yeah. I hit then cop. he thanked me and he left. Yeah. <laughs> I hit cops all the time. It's so, amazing. So speaking of punching people... Uh, how do you? How is uh, use of force for you with kids? I'm Easy. Just avoid it. 
No, oh. no, obviously, but like, so for context, when I was in law enforcement, I was on something called the Offender Transport Unit. And we were the transport unit for all the juvenile mental health patients in uh, Larimer County, Colorado. And I would link up with several departments, and I've used force on plenty of kids. And like we talk about Ethan, right? The kid's a beast, right? right. And like I remember my pager going off. Yeah, I'm dating myself. Uh, being at the gym, and I went to the. Hub we already know we, you're old as fuck. Literally, <laughs> I had surprised. a se- I had a 17 year old who was six something huge who tried to spear tackle me, and I put his head into the drywall in a front headlock with another cop who was already there. And it was just crazy, and it's like everybody's like, "Oh, you're just transporting kids," and I'm like, "They're more dangerous. Dude. They they can't regulate emotion, and half these are they're men. Like mm-hmm. at yeah. some point, they have no concept of concept. Well, and oh, even even what, the girl, even I... the girls, like some of them, you like, you're like, oh, it's no. little like when it, it's like a rabid cat or when, something. When uh, when off. one of the first few classes when you came to Muay Thai, that's when you know I I remember the look on your face the first time you held pads for Ethan. And it was just like, and I told you at the end of that class, it's like those kids are walking by you. Yeah. Right. You, you, that could have been a kid that you spun around and my kid, my son would have had a bad day and fuck, you're screwed. Like that's going to be a rough day, you know? And that's a challenging thing, I think. Well, I try to approach everybody like that. I think we've had that conversation before. Like, I don't know who knows what or, you know, and I'm not trying to let, let my mouth start running and mm-hmm. or push somebody that i don't need to push and suddenly i'm getting choked or right. kicked yeah. in the face or something i don't need any of that right but with the kids i don't know i, I would go to probably the extreme to avoid i'll tell you what know, if anybody ever take if anybody ever tases my son i'm just gonna be like cool <laughs> i don't take it to school i, I would have done that too yeah <laughs> well i don't I'm even not- want the t- i don't even want it to be an option for me yeah. No, well, and that's the difference. Like I had to deal with them when they were already, <laughs> they were already appreh- apprehended and hand off or like whatever. And sometimes they'd get frisky. Even going to court, man, that'd be wild. Kind of. I just would assume in a school at point of conflict or whatever. Yeah. I've run into some huge kids where I'm like, exactly bigger than me. Being, yeah, you're like being shit. a police officer is hard enough. Doing it with children is a completely different thing. And all the respect in the world for what you do, sir. Honestly, you. you you have one of the most important and probably the hardest jobs in society right now, because the perception versus the reality. You know, being on the other side of that fence, I can't imagine the types of decisions that you have to make every day just to do your job. It can be complicated, yeah. for sure. So when you, after you chose to be a cop, you went through the academy. You. Did you have to do like ride with a guy for so long? There was what? some FTO, yeah. Um, did you feel prepared when you they just sent you out there and said, "Go enforce our law"? Oh, you're not prepared, no, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, because you you know things that they teach you in the academy, but you don't know how any of it works in practice or what it looks like out in the real world. And dealing with people, you have no idea what someone else is going to do. So, you know, you know, it's just like any other kind of scenario based training. Mm-hmm. The scenario is never going to be perfect to what you actually encounter. Right. So it's going to be something different. So it's a lot of it just learning by experience where you sit back and you're like, well, that didn't go well. So how many years yeah. you been a LEO? Ten. Ten? Right on. That's that master level. It's where you get. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're like that 10,000 hour 10, mark. I was about to say 10,000 yeah. hours. Yeah. You're a master police officer. The ones that know the most stuff are usually the ones that just come out. They've got the most up-to-date information. 
because stuff mm-hmm. changes so quick. Mm-hmm. You lose track of time out on the road. You right. don't think about it. You don't really hear about it. case law is kind of hard to follow. Yeah, because it's you know, there's tons of it. So all do over they the have? A, I'm sure they have something, but like the standard of training maintenance, like. Yeah. You got to sit Service at a computer out. and click yeah, through, so. click through slides, and most of it's in pert. Like you're someone telling you stuff. You know, you're not just like, oh, yeah, not military not gonna, grade. You're not gonna learn anything like that. Some of it is, well, you even can take online. Even the military, a lot of it's that way. You have the three fifty dash one kind of stuff in the army that you see, but a, a lot of it, even menial stuff that we hated, like twelve mile footmark, like all that's in the manual and required. Like it's more of what he's talking about on that level. It's in service. It's just something you're used to doing. So when you're in the service you don't realize it, but it's all that same kind of thing. Face to face. You have to have a certain number of post hours every year. Yeah. To mm-hmm. stay to keep your license, otherwise they'll suspend you. Yeah. It covers yeah. all sorts of stuff. So outside of extracurricular training that you've done in your own how well do you feel like your training as a police officer in career what what do you how do you grade the quality of that how well do you feel that prepared you some of it's really good some of it not so much i don't you know i've, I've been to really good training and i've been to stuff where i'm like wow, i'm not gonna that was crap i'm not gonna use any of that yeah. they really don't do enough defensive tactic stuff we, i mean we know <laughs> but it gets i think it gets people in a lot of trouble because you don't know how to defend yourself when you or you know what, what to do yeah when you know things have a tendency to escalate if you're if you don't know what to do i think you see that sometimes in the videos cops that don't have a lot of defensive tactics training or are never in those situations panicking yeah. and things yeah. get to deadly force and yeah I've, I've said this before to police um i've done some police seminars and things like that as a person who's been on both sides, it is always better. I've dealt with police officers who have cool, collected, spoke with respect, held themselves to a certain attitude of respect, whether whoever was around them, however they were talking. The police officer had that cool, collected, owned the area. Like it was their situation now. They came in, I'm in charge. Yeah, they had the had a presence. And I've also dealt with police that were nervous and shaky and loud and demanding and it own if a officer can come into the situation because me as a person i'm already anxious whether i was just speeding or not i'm already anxious when i can feel you're coming in anxious too (laughs) it's not a good cocktail but if you come in like hey dude this is my everyday like chillax you know like <laughs> i may write you a ticket oh no yeah, like fine. come on you know it's going to be okay that attitude is 10 times better where the cop can put his hand on the on you and be like dude relax it's going to be okay we're going to get through this versus listen to me now because i'm scared too so uh, right. so speaking of not feeling prepared i used to be a dt instructor through ppct and uh <clears throat> back then i thought okay it's pretty cool and the more i've learned the more i realized it was not and then we look at our legislators because of political things like the you know michael brown or you know like Derek chauvin going to jail and all that stuff that happened it's like look there's these terrible incidents but you know you have lawmakers like we need to outlaw chokes when (laughs) i can look at it and go no we need to train we need officer train if 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 i could have officers proficient like me and the professor have talked about it a bunch 
my personal feeling is if you went from by the time you graduated from academy to f you're finishing fto you have to be a blue belt i think and that was sort of the standard i personally feel as far as arrest control and public safety everybody'd be better off Dude, even if you had even if you alone. had to do a vascular choke and put somebody unconscious flip them over recover them as scary as that looks on camera to people you're going to have less injury, less death. Right. Like that's my personal view. What's your thoughts, especially having to tangle up with kids if you ever have to? Yeah, I mean it. It's a great idea, yeah. But then they don't. People don't like perception of that. Optics. They don't like how it looks to right. yeah. choke somebody. Looks like you're killing well, them. I had a police officer tell me that it's not. You are allowed to do chokeholds. You're not allowed to do like wind pipe attacks you're not allowed to cut off their air but you can cut off the blood yeah but you know but, the difference uh, yeah i'm like but who can tell the difference a in camera that? yeah like know. no like and the mass majority of the world has no idea has zero idea of what that actually is happening in those situations yeah and then you know our so-called su subject matter experts can be bought and paid for and lean towards away right it's funny that you talk about some officers being loud. It always seemed to me like the newer a, a, a cop was, the louder he was. Yeah. They have a tendency to yell. I don't yeah, get that it. It makes sense. Because yeah. I think they just don't have the experience. To, like, it's, it's uncomfortable. Imposter syndrome. It's uncomfortable to sit there and watch you two scream at each other. But I'll do it. I'll just sit there. You, you guys done yet? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to yell over you. Well, I'm not going to go to 10 because there's nowhere to go from 10. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm going to stay at <laughs> three and wait I, for you guys to come down see i've always thought a problem part of that was the whole officer presence if you're looking at a use of force continuum you know coming to the area on the area everything else especially for new guys because what do you think about officer presence i'm pre rather than just being present you're gonna know i'm in charge here now and i think that's where you get that with a lot of new guys that's always been my take be. on it kind of mm -hmm. i think yeah they just have whatever it is i that's just my own observation. They just seem like it certainly happens. They're yellers. So you're like, right. hey, bud, hey, whoa. Well, I Why are like, you yelling? I like the yeah. <laughs> Why are you yelling? I like what you said there, where you're just like, you know, I'm going to stay at a three, and then you're going to come down to my level. That, you know, I never really considered that until you said that. And I thought, what a great way to approach argument situations. Yeah. To stay calmer than the people that are there. Make and them match your energy. Right, right. You know, I think myself, I've always tried to come in and like, match the energy not necessarily yell over them but like reach them at their level and then try to bring them back but that makes you what you said was like that was really eye-opening yeah you, i'm gonna start yeah. using that yeah you just let them you can yell like i said you, once you go to 10 there's nowhere else to go from i can't get louder than my loudest volume so i'm not gonna now go does there. that work on your wife uh, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, no she seems to be immune <laughs> she seems to <laughs> damn it <laughs> I was really hopeful for like a split second. Nope, that's no. not good marriage advice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it probably is because if you stay at a three, regardless of yeah. her level, she won't go to an 11. Like that, I, is I, no, I, that has not I, been my experience. That's a lie. That's a lie. That is a lie. I'll tell new cops all the time. I'll go wherever you take me. Like if you want to take me to 10... We can go to ten, but it's going to be on my own terms. Like I'm going to go there when I want it. When there's That's nothing else that I can do here, except right. for go to ten with you. So, what's the coolest training you've got to do? Yeah, coolest. Yeah, that you were tied. Like, this is cool. City. Muay Thai is pretty awesome. <laughs> paid paid for <laughs> by paid, paid for by tax Play, dollars yeah, right. <laughs> on duty. No, no on duty. Uh, I did some 
like hidden compartment training once it was pretty good you got to hide in a compartment no they didn't finding. Me. there wasn't a compartment big enough for that but it, <laughs> finding. just finding stuff watching these guys who do that stuff knock on like they can just walk by your car and they'll knock the whole way up as they're walking yeah. and they'll be like whoop it's in this one I had a picture of John. That's pretty cool. I, a, I want to hide stuff from you. I had now. a mental image of John, I, not John good jumping out of a cake. <laughs> yeah. So they're just judging. So that, so it's basically just judging the sound density of objects? Yeah, I think somehow oh. they just, when they do interdiction for so long, you just become attuned find, to that find sound. Cash, oh, find caches. Find caches. or yeah. yeah. Yep. But they do all sorts of crazy stuff to hide things. They'll like cut the bumpers off the car and stuff the frame with things. They'll Stick drop Stick it up their ass. Yeah, up their butts. They'll drop the What's tank. the sound for that one? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be new for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The visual image yeah, that came with that. Something's wrong with you guys. Oh, fuck me. Uh, call him Coke bottle Charlie. Oh, my brain. <laughs> you, you can't do shit like that to me. My brain is instantly was like, boom. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, come back. He's just knocking on this guy. I was like, God, come back. Your butt's Boy, making a weird really, sound. Really takes I'm half that ass. Dude. Here. I'm, picturing, I'm, picturing a, I'm picturing a stick to the hip bone. <laughs> you can just hear it. You're like, oh, yeah, you got it. It's, it's in, in your there. ass. It's in there, all right. How did, you got one, boys. <laughs> so, officer, tell us how you found that. Well, I tapped that ass, Your Honor. <laughs> you know, once you smack it enough, you just get the feel for it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was specially Ooh. trained. That's probably the coolest. All right, so that's going to be a special class in about three weeks. <laughs> cavity, cavity search. <laughs> What's the craziest thing? Free you to found? the public. Free to the public. I don't know if I found anything that you would think is crazy, like a chinchilla. Oh, I mean, I've on. never found an animal on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that what, would be what, pretty cool. What's your What's your what craziest story? Oh yeah, come oh, on. Man, I it's get that every time. Hit me with some shit. It's hard for me to say. Dude, right, what's your dude, favorite one? Go to it's go hard. to a ten. Go to a what's, ten and pick one. It's hard. To, <laughs> favorite like, barbecue story. It all becomes so normal, even though it's completely not normal most of the pick time. Pick any of them, then. I don't know. I'm on the spot now. A good yeah. story. Top three. Come Top on, three. Well, give me at least a category. Redneck. Uh, redneck. That's a lot. <laughs> redneck. I haven't really been down in the rednecks that long uh, mm. to have redneck stories. Mm. When I first got down here, someone told me they were going to punch me in the face. So what's your cra- what, what's your what's your craziest, <laughs> funniest drug story? Let's talk about drugs. Um, I got like three hundred something grams of meth out of a car once. Damn, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. That was a lot. Good job. That was a lot. Well done. <laughs> that was a lot. They, That's one all, that I could be. You know, the cop takes a picture they, with they, the drugs. They brought you know? the bag <laughs> over to me, and they were like, "Dude," and they, I'm like, "What?" I look at, it, I'm like. Yeah. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Paperwork. <laughs> Someone might die over this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many thousands of dollars that is, but and yeah, somebody was unhappy, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. man. That was a lot. Yeah. He had a whole bunch of stuff. He had like 300 grams of meth, crack, heroin, a gun. He had just like, I, I don't know, it just like the perfect timing. And how did he this was happen? meant to get popped? He was sitting in front of me in a car reel with bullet holes, and I was like, "That's weird. Let's investigate it." <laughs> wow. How did how do we not get that version of the story first? <laughs> right. Yeah. The bullet hole part. Yeah. You know, you just skipped, see that's what I'm saying. Like, that, did he right, jump the... out and go, "Hey, man"? <laughs> he gave me his ID and then walked away. I'm like, "Where are you going?" <laughs> 
And how did that conversation go? I'm like, he's leaving. Yeah, he's what the hell's yeah, happening here? This. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> he just got out of his car <laughs> and just left. Out, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. They You're, didn't. The, the did prosecutor you have to didn't chase believe him. Down? No, he, he got away. No shit. Because at the time, I wasn't really sure what was going on. I was still in the very beginning, so you don't want to. I always like to take it slow. I'm not going to put my hands on you until I'm for sure. Because once you start touching people, then it gets nasty. It can get nasty quick. And that's what I, I always. That's what I say. I know. Mm-hmm. It's the wise words to live by. <laughs> but I always like to be sure. Literally, er- Eric's first words to me at the gym. <laughs> <sighs> once I put hands on you, it's getting nasty. It's getting nasty. <laughs> it's going to get dirty quick. They didn't believe me. They're like, so what? He just gave you his ID and that was it? I'm like, uh, yeah. They're like, we don't know about this. I'm like, I, how could I make that up? How'd I get his name then? Yeah. <laughs> you mean this one right here? I'm holding it. Yeah, like, how'd I get his name if he didn't tell right. it to me? <laughs> he just walked away. We're just really good at lifting hey, shit up. At the least room. we know that works. <laughs> right. a lot of men make it might not always hey. work. Yeah, so just keep an extra ID. Might not always walk work. Away. They might put their hands on you. I don't know. Oh, might yeah. not always work. That's just the way I do it. <laughs> My first time, I hand the ID and be like, how new are you? If he starts yelling, you know he's brand new. I better stick around. So is there any like public perception slash myth stuff that just like grinds your gears i mean nothing gets me upset anymore but you know all the stereotypical stuff about cops i probably don't even need to like they're all the oh you can elaborate you're a racist you're a you know what else you make you're, you're getting your quota just mm. all the stuff and you're like some okay. departments have those all right sure I can start naming them if you want. You're, you're another person in the quota, whatever that number is. I don't know it. <laughs> no, no, no. I like know from friends who are cops who've got into it with supervisors. Don't know. I've never been told I had to do a certain number of anything. And good on your department. Have you been with the same department the department. whole time? No, I've been in two. Two? Yeah. Do you prefer one over the other? No. No. I mean, it's... Their cops are pretty much the same everywhere. It feels that way anyway. You know, they're all the same. They're just dads with badges, really. <laughs> they're just regular dudes. They just wear a uniform every day. Right. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. Have you ever thought about what, what's life look like for you post-uniform? Every second of every day. What What's the What's the dream? Like, what's the... I want to live in a cave on a mountain. Yes. You'll get along with us great. <laughs> Not see yep. anyone else ever again. <laughs> We share the same dream. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag goals. Yeah. yeah. Goals. Yeah. It's just dealing Manifest. with the public all day. You're like, I'm done with people. Yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I wouldn't wish that on anyone right now, honestly. Mad respect. Seriously. Well, I, t- I tell people I'm in the customer service industry, and I said the quickest way to not be in the customer service industry is to get into it. Right. Because <laughs> if you like people, you won't for very long. Right. Yeah. Once you hear enough, once you deal with the public enough, you're like, okay. Yeah, I've had enough of that. Okay. I don't know. I get to beat up the public. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our yeah. industry's different. You got to act like like everything that people do is completely normal all the time if you want to be good at it. So you're mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh, he owed you five bucks. You stabbed him. Course, course. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I would totally do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so do you have any uh, aspirate upward aspirations? Within the department? Yeah, detective, like, special uh, team. I mean, I've pretty much done everything that I wanted to do. Yeah? I wouldn't turn anything down, but <clears throat> I've done all the guns and dope and, yeah. you know, you can only do that stuff for so long. Task force stuff. I've never been in a task force, but I've done things that, you know, you don't have to be, 
you know, if you're in a big enough department, you don't have to be in a special unit to do special yeah. unit stuff. Yeah. You just do right. you just do that anyway. You can just do it on your own. If you want to follow up your own cases, you can just do that in some places. That's you cool. just do it. See, that was my dream job. I always wanted to be a detective. That was like my one thing that if I could have done anything in life, it's such a pain though. It. It's a pain. No, I'd imagine. Because yeah. you you don't you're getting someone else's work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, well, I, if, I'm a com- off. if I'm a complete moron and I write my report like a complete moron, when you get it, you're like, where was the crime? I don't even see a crime committed in here. What are you writing? What happened? Like, what, am I, what am I looking at? They got to call all the time and be like, oh. re-interview people. Like, I have no idea what happened with this police report. No. I don't know what this is about. <laughs> I think it's, I, I don't know. I've always been drawn to it. I'm a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So I like to find problems and solve them. And in the, in the idea of solving cases and murders and different types of things, that always appealed to me. It can be cool. Yeah. Till you're in court constantly, constantly in court, testifying all the time. Getting whole shot in your shit. All the, the time. Well, they, the defense attorneys are funny because they it's all the same game. So once you've played it for a while, you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Next question. You know, like they, they ask the same questions most of the time. Well, I love that you present a different perspective than I ever considered, you know, and I think that's cool that when there's a difference between doing the job and thinking about what you want, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, shit, there's that other side there. And yeah. you, somebody has wanted to be a detective my whole life. I had never considered that part of it. Oh, you it's know? a drag. It can be a, a grind. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God, because they you, know, you got to testify. I don't know how many times for each case. It could be if it's a huge case, you might. You know, get deposed, and then you know you're doing preliminary hearings, and then you're doing suppression hearings over evidence, and then maybe you get to trial, and you do that. It's a lot. Most of it, you're sitting there on your day off. Yeah, you. They're asking you about a case that's three years old. You're like, I don't remember this. You're like, and I was my report good? I hope so. I wanted to take my kids somewhere today, but thanks. It's always on your day off. Yep. Yeah, you lost me about the second bullet point. I was yeah. <laughs> never I'm mind. Out. Never yeah. mind. If I'm, it was just as easy as catching the bad guys, it'd be the best job ever. You know, yeah. it's like there's just so much more to it. It looks really good on TV. Yeah, they ask a lot of annoying questions though that you get tired of answering. How many feet away were you from him? I don't. How the fuck? I don't fucking know. I don't have the answer for that. What does cinnamon taste like? You're like, I don't know. It tastes like cinnamon. <laughs> 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 like cinnamon like cinnamon uh, yeah okay boom love it or not mm. <laughs> all right so uh captain did you pull up that information from the uh the stuff that we were going to talk about yeah. i want to get your opinion on something real quick something no. came across my news feed the other day um that caught my attention what was, what was the, the the dates on that Okay, so they have, uh, there was this thing that came across that the uh, Colorado Supreme Court had ruled down this case and that they had um, stated, and hopefully I'm saying this correctly, that uh, that the police do not have the, the duty to protect. And uh, if I'm right, was I right on the, the details of that case when I described it earlier? Does duty to protect anyone not in police custody? Not in police custody. And uh, what had happened was a woman had made a uh, call into the police department that her husband had shown up and that she was in fear. And uh, the police didn't respond to the call. And the husband had killed uh, the three children, put the children in the car, drove the car to the police station, and then had a shootout with the police until he was killed. Okay. And so the woman sued uh, the police department and... uh, 
and ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court in Colorado. And then Colorado made that ruling that the police do not have that duty to protect. And uh, I don't know, that hit me kind of hard. And I wanted to, especially since you were coming on today, I wanted to get your opinion on that. What, what do you feel about that particular ruling? So they're saying that the police didn't, did they respond to her call for service? No, they did not. I wonder why. Uh, I don't I don't know the details of that, um, but uh, for whatever reason, they did not respond to the call. And so the woman had called in and they considered it a domestic dispute or something along that lines, or it was not a priority, and so they didn't respond. Weird. I don't know. I mean, I guess they don't have to... We don't have to sit outside your house to protect you. Maybe that's what they mean. So I got I got the captain looking it up right now, but I'm fairly certain the Supreme Court ruled a long time ago. 1989 that police have no responsibility. That's why a lot of departments pulled serve and protect off the vehicles. No specific obligation to protect. No, no specific obligation to protect, which segues into the Second Amendment stuff we were talking about. Oh, they, uh, yeah. When you apply that to the Second Amendment argument, that pisses me off, right? Because the whole, the whole stance on the, the left wing side of that argument is that you know civilians don't need to have weapons to defend themselves that we have police for that and that if somebody was breaking into your house you should call the cops and the cops will come and take care of that problem for you and that's why you don't need to own a firearm mm -hmm. and it's like okay that's the argument you're going to make but then you're going to sit there and pass legislation that states that those same people that you were supposed to call don't have a duty to protect you and then you tell me i don't have a ability to protect myself well, I'm wondering so, if they mean they don't have a the, like I I don't I wonder if it like if you're killing him I would imagine I have a duty to stop that. No, it, uh, the, I'm not sure the specific case law of that in '89, but I remember because I've used this uh, <clears throat> when I've taught personal defensive classes to people, and then I give them statistics. So the average home invasion if people mean to do you harm i believe is three to five people not they're stealing your flat screen or whatever something like three to five people if they mean to come into your home and are and harm you right uh average police response i believe in most metropolitan areas is like five minutes i think <clears throat> for context i used to be able to break into people's houses we could have the objective secure in about a minute to two minutes and that was with how many times did you do that though thousands yeah you got well, reps bro right? the, the point, <laughs> but the, no no yeah, but the point is if people different. are but if people are booting your door it's that that old like it you know you hear little tropes or whatever people like when the when you know your life's on the line like in seconds matter the police are minutes away now this isn't disparaging a law enforcement at all but they can't be everywhere at the same time they just can't so again to the second amendment argument I want the most effective means to protect myself that I can possibly have, especially if you're looking at average number of rounds to stop an adversary in civilian con or law enforcement context is seven rounds. That That's the most recent data from New York City who's collected it. The professor and I heard it when we went to the USCCA instructor course because me and the instructor talked about it. If the average number of rounds to stop a threat is seven for an individual and the average number of people coming into your home to harm you, if they want to, is three to five, don't tell me how many pills I need in my magazine. An AR-15, especially because of ballistic deformation and drywall and overpenetration, an AR is the best tool for the job. Period. Full stop. The end. <laughs>
Yeah. Mic drop. Take that. <laughs> yeah. Tell him, Sam. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> we segued. We segued. There no, but it's, <laughs> it ties and in. It does. <clears throat> there we go. Yeah. I am really, really, really high. <laughs> <laughs> that joint, yeah. that joint hit. Hey. Yeah, I, I looked over. Did you try the mullet? I looked over. No, 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 no. I, I looked over at Sarge earlier, and I was like, Whoa, oh, he's, he looked at me with a holy shit face. He I was like, like oh, boy, man, I am saw I it. No. But, so thoughts on, because uh, we're in misery, we're in one of the most Second Amendment friendly states in the Union, and Sapa recently got at a appellate court, I think it was a federal appellate court, got... It's going to eventually go to the Supreme Court because we're not the only Second Amendment sanctuary. Um, and I know some of the ramifications because I've heard law enforcement on both sides for and against SAPA because I know it has a repressing factor on departments doing task force stuff mm -hmm. with the ATF and federal agencies. Well, yada, you can't. You really, yeah, you really can't. Well, so my question would be from the boots on the ground standpoint, so to speak, with you guys, what are the thoughts on SAPA and rights in the second amendment within your community so sap is the one where you can't participate with federal it's, government it, it is gun seizure stuff it, yeah if i believe the actual way the legislation is written if an officer violates the rights of an individual it's a fifty thousand mm dollar -hmm. fine per department and maybe officer or at least per department for every instance and so it has a chilling effect on for any sure. participation in federal task forces I think some people have interpreted it to mean that you can't help federal agents in any way, not even just giving them like there's some people, some lawyers that think that if you're in, in the ATF and you're coming here to do something in the region and you and I put you up in my house, then that can be considered a violation. See, I hadn't heard that. I, I've heard some lawyers saying it like, oh, I that's a violation. It. I could see an, a lawyer doing that. <laughs> Even if I'm not participating in it and it's not in my yeah, area. You guys are just old school friends yeah, from high school. Yeah, you can stay at my house. Yeah, you house you're in town that for Some work people think that even just that is a violation of. So I, I guess the, because I know the. When you get in trouble for housing the British, one so. of the house. Yeah, can you can you <laughs> totally house, can you house troops? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, um, I guess the the, the question. Red coats all over his house. <laughs> right, right. There you go. No, the question no. more. The question more to the point is. Um, There's no Canadians here. I know. I know the leadership mm. as far as, but we know it's very political at the top, right? Short of the like sheriffs who are in the Constitutional Sheriffs uh, Association, like the National Association of Law Enforcement, a bunch of them came out against SAPA and they were super pissed about it. But we also know how money works with task forces and funding for departments and stuff. But as far as the rank and file, like what is your thoughts on the pulse of how the average LEO feels about the Second Amendment Preservation Act as far as it comes to the protection of citizens' rights? I think most people think it's a bummer that you can't work with the feds on stuff because that's the fun part of the job. I wouldn't say it's fun, but they have a lot of resources and they, they, their prosecutors are aggressive. So if you're in a place that has weak prosecutors that don't want to do, they're not afraid of litigating at the federal level. They don't care about, they'll litigate in the right case. anything. Yeah. <laughs> so they, so things that are a problem on the state level, sometimes they're like, well, that's no problem. If it comes up, we'll deal with it. 
Right. So, so is, it, is it normally using it as a trumped up charge kind of thing? I wouldn't say they're trumped up, but you might have like, you know, you got, if you're in a place with a lot of guns and you get a gun on a convicted felon and the state's like, well, we're not sure about this. And you take it over to the feds and they're like, oh yeah, this guy, he's been, he's terrible. Okay. So let's get in the weeds on this. Cause I've had this conversation with people who ran for office and I know where I stand on it, but it was after a lot of reflection cause I've worked in law enforcement. I was in the military and blatantly i will tell you a hundred percent especially after my first deployment and in reflecting and reading all of our founding doc not all of our founding doc all of our founding documents and journals of offenders everything else i will tell you i violated human rights based on how those documents are written i did i took people's guns i took away their ability to protect themselves if you do any of the real reading about the second amendment um and why why it's there what it's for um and i everybody doesn't have time to reflect i just happened to be in a place in time i had time to reflect because i swore an oath and i was like man i've been swearing this oath to this constitution i was literally just standing moon dust up to the knees and said the oath staring at an al-qaeda stronghold we were taking down and then I'm home like two months later drinking whiskey with nothing but a month off to think. And I start going, I really need to read the Constitution and know what it means. And then I read the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers. And I started reading the journals of like Madison and Benjamin Franklin and some of those guys. And I was like, wow, we are screwing this up. I read Locke. I read the Magna Carta. Um, have you really looked in and like thought about any of that as far as the what it's supposed to be i don't think i'm as well read as you (laughs) (laughs) so i would say no in that it gets philosophical but i would say uh, if you ever get free time and you're just like i could watch this youtube video of somebody throwing their cat at their dog in a pool or whatever (laughs) check scrolling well check it check it out because it makes it certainly makes you reflect on the way our laws are written versus how they're supposed to be applied in in a lot of ways and uh, it makes you go, man, we're screwing this up. This we're sort of getting right. This we're not. Um, I don't think I've ever been in a position where I think that I'm – that I shouldn't be taking a gun from somebody. Sure. Like I, I don't think I've ever targeted people that, you know, like you're just your average guy who has a gun in his house. Usually it's like, you know, this guy's been shooting everybody. Sure. <laughs> like, so we need to get him and his gun. You okay, know? Like, so so here's 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 a very thank you a, for that by the way. Yeah. Right, and here's a we very, all appreciate that one. Here's yeah, right. here's the difficult question, or at least where I I kind of run into a wall with it. Right, so we talk about felons, violent felons. Mm-hmm. If our Bill of Rights, specifically the Second Amendment, in this context, says you have an inalienable right to defend yourself and it's based on natural law just like a an animal in nature being attacked has the ability to defend itself like self-preservation is the number one whatever if somebody's a violent felon are they allowed to protect themselves if they're attacked not don't take gun out of it just that question sure okay so they do so if you were to take a wild cat in nature and take its teeth and claws out would you be killing that cat probably okay so if somebody is no longer incarcerated or under probation should they have their rights restored 
It's hard to say. I mean, a lot of these guys don't commit one or two violent acts. I know there's plenty of scumbags out there. Like, there might be a history. This guy is clearly violent. He's been violent for 25 years. Right, and this is kind of where I sit with it. If you're that big of a danger to society, and you're... We we either need a way to keep them still incarcerated, or, like, look, if you're allowed to be out in public in society, because they're going to do it anyway. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. Because I'll tell. And I've had this conversation with many LEOs, literally in a gun store I used to own, good friends who I trained with and trained. And I would say, okay, so let's say your name's Derek Chauvin. You've just been convicted and made a felon. Not only are you, you have a target on your back. You're a law enforcement professional. Now you're a felon. You're not allowed to arm yourselves. I'm like, would you? They're like, well, yeah, I'd get a gun. I said, okay. So take the morality and the this guy's a piece of shit human being out of it. You're out and you're supposed to be free now. Why can't you have your rights? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why don't I we guess just- you could. You could. So you talked a little bit about people getting, you know, keep them in jail. And that was a like that was a legitimate strategy through the 90s and the early 2000s. It sure was. They were they the federal government figured out that whatever small percentage of criminals commit an overwhelming number of violent crimes. And reoffend. Yeah. So they targeted those guys specifically and gave them long federal sentences. And then through the 90s into the 2000s, there was a crazy drop in violent crime. Now we're seeing revolving door jails kind of coming back around and suddenly everything's heading back up well and i think some of that's perpetuated just by the amount of things that can make you a criminal could be it's that whole what is it that book seven felonies a day or four felonies a day or whatever like the average citizen commits allegedly many (laughs) but if you're you're in the top 10 percent of all violent crime well you shouldn't be back out here like we should lock you up well right and that's why i i go back to so that guy getting his gun taken away, I don't think he's any, lo- any you know, no lo- no loss there. I mean, he might be not, he can't carry a gun, but he's proven over and over again that he can't be trusted to do it anyway. He keeps and, robbing people. And if, There's and, times where I've seen guys with, like, pages of robberies. You're like, how are you committing all these robberies and nobody's, how are you still out here and I've got you for another robbery? And if they're out, <laughs> and how many of them have a gun again? Oh, they all do. Right, because they're going to. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my point of and we're not solving the world's problems, right? But just talking kind of philosophically, again, they know at this point, they know the system's not for them and they're existing in their own system. Just like in the same way, every law enforcement professional I talked about, they said if they were in that boat, they'd be armed too. Not that they'd be a repeat offender or whatever. Like they go afoul of the law, they're a felon and they're not allowed to. They're going to because they know the reality of the world. So it becomes kind of this interesting dilemma. What's the what's the better way then? The better way? Give them back their guns? What I'm saying is is if you're not... Find an upside-down island and just drop them off on it. Or right. something. Make a new Australia. Yeah, yeah. That's how we got <laughs> Australia. <laughs> well, <I know. laughs> like, actually. I know. That worked well. For real, but the you're point... You're in the colony now. <laughs> I'm in the colony now. The point is... is I rob everybody here. I'm <laughs> saying it in this... <laughs> In the yeah right, in that with that frame of reference though he's not wrong though. <laughs> Go ahead, and it worked. Gangs of New York. 
Just go ahead and run no, away. No, but it's rebelling them. against natural law because people are going to do it anyway. There's always going to be crime. Sure. And like, that, there's no way to stop it. People always going to victimize each nature. other for the, all of our history. Bring people. Yeah. That, right. That's why I think it's. But if like, you've proven yourself unable or unwilling to abide by the, the kind of the rule that we all agree to, then maybe you should be locked up. If you can't stop robbing people, why do I want you around or, anyway? Or go to Australia. Or we're going to put you in, <laughs> right. put you Our in Australia. Version of Australia. Yeah, Australia part two. Right, so where I came to it is is after that path, in my opinion, restore all your rights. You know, But I'm also not a fan of a debt to society either. I'm not. I, I believe more in like reparate, like who's the offended party? You know, who's the, like, if you look at when that's, I think the Quakers started that whole debt to society thing. Cause before that, in most societies, it went directly to like, who did you harm? That's where that eye for an eye thing was in the Bible. And it didn't literally mean an eye for an eye. It meant like, what's the value of your eye? Yeah, but then in the Middle Ages, they were cutting people in quarters and dragging them around by horses. <laughs> I'm not true. saying. I'm, well, I'm not saying. I don't know which system oh, wait, I like Middle better. Middle Ages, that was 1800s I'm not, America, yeah, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's all right. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. If you get a felony uh, whatever, right, and you, you've you done your time, you're on probation, you get out, I firmly believe all rights should be restored. That's kind of where I sit with it because – if you're suddenly a second-class citizen because of a mistake forever, especially we're talking about, I can't imagine if I had, say I got in a fight when I was 18 in a day, and I happened to do whatever the barrier was. I was charged, I was charging convicted of a felony battery or whatever, right? And now for the rest of my life, maybe you're looking at like 10 years later, all probation, I'm a productive member of society, whatever. And now I don't have the ability, if there is that home invasion of multiple people and the only equalizer is a tool and I have a choice, I can either have that tool illegally and protect my family and myself or I cannot and put that at risk. It's just an interesting conundrum, you know. Yeah, I suppose there's no easy solutions no easy answers well that makes it and that kind of you know makes me think about the problem even with that is you have this on the opposing side of the second amendment people that they don't even want you to be able to protect yourself you know and they they view it as there's you know two wrongs don't make a right and it was it a captain was it maryland heights Maryland estate, right? So uh, this particular city uh, passed a gun law that where they made guns illegal, so you couldn't have it within the city limits. And then they had taken it all the way to the point to where if you did own or possess a gun, it had to be disassembled in so many parts and ways when it was in your house, right? And then they went through this thing that they said that discharging a firearm was illegal all the way up into defense of one's own life. Who's enforcing that? Okay, now, right. Th- but the point is that this was a this was legislation that was passed, okay, in majority, and that again I think speaks back to the gun rights argument. It's like, okay, well, if the police are the only ones who are supposed to be able to protect me, and now you've removed that where they don't have any responsibility to protect me, and now I can't, you know, my only defense is to protect myself, Spend and now taking. you've made it illegal Basically. for me to even defend myself. Right, because if I kill this person who has entered my home, I'm now convicted of murder, and I'm going to serve the same sentence that they would have served killing me. Right, and 
I just think that you have to realize that there's somebody out there with a with a very vested interest in not wanting you to be able to defend yourself, and that's a problem. Yeah. Well, and I I'll and they're making laws so that you can't do it. Well, and I'll take it a step farther. So when we talk about the Second Amendment and current arguments, right? The recent uh, so there was the Heller decision, which kind of affirmed it as an individual right, right? And then the Bruin decision, which is more recent, which is causing a lot of uproar right now, and it's upending a lot of law. And it basically says that any law that is contrary to the text, history, and tradition of the Second Amendment at the time of ratific ratification of the Constitution in, what, 1792, I think? Anything around then, if it wasn't congruent with that, is null and void. And then you read the journals of the founders. It may be inconvenient for some people. The purpose of the Second Amendment was for the people to be able to rapidly form a standing army to repress tyranny. Full stop, period, the end. I don't care how people feel about it. And even based on Heller, when they said common use firearms, yada, yada, yada. And there were contradictions by uh, Justice Scalia, who wrote the majority position. I've read the entire, like, 76-page majority position and the dissenting opinion. He contradicted himself because I think he was trying to get Justice Stevens on board because it was a split decision. So I think it was, I'm going to say Marbury versus Madison, but that's not right. The way the one that w led to the NFA being founded, right? It was a short bro. It was. Oh, we all know this. <clears throat> it was a sawed-off shot. Of course, of course. It was. Of course, of course. It, yeah, it was yeah, a bunch who of. Doesn't know? It was uh -huh. a bunch of gang. It was a bunch of gangsters <laughs> which sawed-off shotguns. Gotcha. And they never even had a dissenting opinion uh, in the case because the gangsters never showed up. And the way that they passed it is they said that a sawed-off shotgun was not fit for malicious service. Well, if you look at a militia, the militia, the fundamental building blocks of a militia at the core level is like a light infantry squad. So if you wanted to go with the, you need to have an armed, trained populace, that was the purpose of a militia, right? Because Congress actually has the responsibility to arm, train, and equip the militia. It's written into our law. If so you're saying AR-15 should be free? No, what I'm saying. Well, they had that. So in colonial, well, law, they are in some countries. No, in yeah, yeah. Like Sweden, if you know, Sweden. no, yeah, Norway. Yeah, if you serve in the, uh, so they have a. You take it there. home with you. You take it home with you after that is your militia. Switzerland and Norway. Yeah, right? you, you don't take it. home the ammunition. People forget that. Part. No, but you know what they have to do? There's a so in the Second Amendment, it's a, right? It's just a stick at that point. Well, well-regulated didn't mean, if you read the journals of the founders, well-regulated did not mean well-controlled. It was like well-functioning, like a watch. People were supposed to drill and practice. If you look at, and everybody says, oh, it meant the militia, that's the National Guard. The e Efficacy of Militia Act in 1904, the Dick Act, it quantifies who the militia is. The regular militia is the National Guard. The irregular militia is every male between the age of, like, I think it's 16 and 55. Everyone was meant to be armed and trained because the purpose, we were never even have, supposed to have a standing army. Everybody had a social responsibility. In the same way, if you were in the colonies, if somebody's house was on fire, you had to be in the bucket brigades to go help put out that fire. Every right has a corresponding responsibility. And it also 
required a lot more civic involvement because guess what if the indians are coming you didn't get to go hey sorry bob i'm busy he was like fuck you grab your rifle grab your kit we got to go take care of the community i'm calling john I'm like, yo, <laughs> I, got a problem. I, got a, I got a problem and I need you to solve it. <laughs> but that's what it was for. So the arguments that are made now, if the common use standard, if the common use standard of Heller is what everybody uses, I would make a coherent argument. And there's a couple constitutional scholars who agree. Common use, anything organic to a light infantry squad should be allowed to the civilian. And I don't care how people feel about it. Based on the text, history, tradition, and the original purpose, that's how it's supposed to be. You, you know what I'm most curious about right now? I wonder how many of our international viewers we've lost. <laughs> Seriously. We have so many viewers in, in gun-free <laughs> countries right now. Uh, We're not losing oh, them. They're just mad that they don't... Hey, or the, or there's a lot of Ukraine who are like, here, yeah, hold on, shit. Hold on. I, I want to give a shout-out. We just got a new listener in India and one in Malaysia. And okay. I'm really curious to see who that is. If you're out there, reach out to us. Send us an email. Get our contact yeah. information. But go ahead and reach out to us. I want to give you a shout-out. All right. Okay, so, so we're talking about the Second Amendment and marijuana and all that stuff. And so we're such a pro-Second Amendment state, and we're pro-marijuana. Pro How does that mix? What do, you, what do you do if you pull over a guy with a, a bag gun. of weed and a... A legal handgun. He's legal in both. Yeah, I mean, what? There's nothing. What would I do? He's not a Fed. Oh. You can have that here, according to them. Not it's if like, he, not if he pulls you. Not if he shows up at your house with an ATF agent or a DEA agent. Well, I can't do that because it's federal. He can't do that. Right. So what do you do <laughs> if they show up at your house and I call you? Who shows up at my house? Like, what if I, like, he's saying, he's saying if an ATF's at my house, and I'm like, hey, sheriff, there's ATF agents here. What do I do? Like, what yeah. would you do? Nothing? Like, I don't know, dude. Deal These with guys it. are yeah. harassing me. <laughs> don't talk to them. <laughs> Shut <laughs> your door. Tell them to fuck off. That's the number one rule. No, he's going to be like, hand him your ID and leave. Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> make him make a decision. <laughs> Terrible, <laughs> advice. <laughs> Terrible advice. Walk away. Uh, Walk away. Okay, yeah, that's another Quickly. question. Um, <laughs> You're in shape, right? He might. He might <laughs> let you leave. He might not. He might not. He said you're in shape. <laughs> hey, sound advice, right? Do, do, do you look faster than this guy? <laughs> do you think you can take him? It might, it might sound funny, but hey, can, can you always, help me if I do? I tell people all the time if if I'm investigating you, don't talk to me. All right, so yeah. seriously, don't talk to any of them. So seriously, that's, so, that's true. That's hey, 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 yeah, just so, so everybody uh, says, don't talk to the yeah, police. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I'm. I'm investigating you. I'm so, trying to put a case together. I'm not your buddy. So, yeah. re so real, real possibility, right? ATF kicks in the door. They happen to do it while we're here, right? <laughs> we we fuck them up, <laughs> and we put them under, open? and we put them, <laughs> yeah. and we put them under citizens arrest, and we call you. I want no part of this. No, no. no. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you were deny, told, deny, right. deny, counter accuse. That's right. <laughs> so what? What do we do with them after that? <laughs> after you kidnap federal agents? Uh, I don't yeah, know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where sentence. we go from there. Eric has pigs. Lengthy <laughs> sentence. Lengthy sentence. Yeah, get yeah. ready. We'll find someone. With Learn that. how to fashion a toothbrush into a knife. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually learned how to make a uh, when I show trash up your house with an ATF car. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I literally, I, I learned I learned how to make a uh, like contractor trash bag into a shiv. What? With a hot plate. Yeah, I don't want to ever have to learn those skills. <laughs> right. I'll just do what they say. You want me to walk outside? So, I'll walk outside. Yep. So how did you let? I want to spin the conversation back to um, how did you get into Muay Thai? Like, wh- what brought you into Mo- Ten Planet? Like, I'm assuming that was the first time you'd done Muay Thai. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how did we get here? So I did. I was doing a little bit of jujitsu with North Broadway. Yep. But I was in like a, I wasn't doing jujitsu with them. I was in like a, like a, I don't want to call it a fitness class. It makes it sound like I'm like a soccer mom or something. But it was like a mixture of a bunch of different stuff. And the guy Rough, that my God, fitness. the guy that was doing it was in like a black belt in jujitsu. But he also did Muay Thai, and he started teaching me some of the Muay Thai stuff. And I was like, man, this is fucking sweet. This and then cool. it went away. I moved, and I, I, you know, then I just happened to Google. Muay Thai and your gym popped up and I was like, oh fuck yeah, it's right down the street. Here I am. Oh yeah, boom. Yeah, it's been how many months now? Probably three, three or four. Longer than that. I think you're close. Time slipping away from me. Yeah, because I I know because I know what this (laughs) stuff I'm going through and it's (laughs) it's been that long. Oh, I put you through probably six months. Yeah, I put you through the first three month. When we did the first quarter. Okay. And then we, we're in the second quarter now. Like six and we're Time's two, getting away. Yeah. So we're all five, Sorry, almost six months. That's what I'm saying. It's I mean, we're it's heading cool into the shit. last. Yeah, we're heading into the last month of that. That's I've learned that I don't ever want anyone to kick me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, those, ki- <laughs> those kicks are yeah. just, they're destructive. Yeah. They're terrible <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't even been kicked, like, you know, without, like, by someone trying to hurt me either. And. I'm all good. <laughs> you think if your legs are four times as strong as your arms, and it's like a jab, right? If I hit you with a jab with my leg, <laughs> that's like two times of a cross. <laughs> like, you know? No, it's ruthless. Right. Like, yeah, a front kick to the face is not fun. There's so many ways that people set kick. it up. Like, Any kick to the head is not preferable. <laughs> you don't know what don't this do guy's doing. Try He's to avoid you up those. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we try to avoid those. Nobody, I got kicked one time during one of the sparring. And you're like, don't eat those. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I just took those. it, and you're like, don't do that. Don't, don't eat that. Don't do that. Stop. You're going to regret that. Yeah. <laughs> don't. You're going to wish you didn't. Yeah. That was a bad move. Yeah. Uh, he didn't kick me hard, but I think you're like, no, if he kicked you hard, you'd be that would be bad for your body. <laughs> yeah, be death that would occur. I've well, that's it. A, you know, people don't realize it's like once they get into Muay Thai and they start feeling the power that's there, they go, you know, "How the hell do people take this?" And you know, there's techniques to it. They don't, they, you know, you know, you know, a lot of it is conditioning, but a lot of it is just moving your leg in a certain way and changing the angle of the impact. And you know how you move or concave your body. You know, little things like that change what's happening. And the the public doesn't see that. They just see people getting slammed with these things. And how in the world do you take that? It's like, well, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> if you're flat footed. <laughs> avoid that we try not to do that but you see yeah. those guys on you know the professionals i guess you would call them fighting and they take those kicks and they act like oh no big deal no oh, they're moving they're f- faking it yeah <laughs> can't let on they're yeah. secretly they, dying yeah. if, they eat it, what, if they eat it you know well there's a lot that goes into that actually and so i think it also depends on uh what version of mma you're looking at for that 
But if you're watching like uh, American MMA or the UFC, right? A lot of times in the UFC, you don't see people that are throwing correct technique or their weight transfers off and they're not throwing what you would really consider a true tie kick, right? They may be powerful and they may be great athletes. And they may, it may be a very hard kick, but it's not the same thing. And if you look over at like one FC where they have a lot of tie fighters and people that are in Muay Thai culture coming over and you, what you will see that you don't see in the UFC is you see a lot of leg breaks. One, two, three kicks. I've watched an entire fight within the first 45 seconds get stopped by a leg break from tie kicks. And it's a completely different thing because if you catch one of those and you happen to be flat-footed or you don't move with that kick or you just catch it, your leg's done. They will break your leg and you will fall over, and that is the end of the fight. It's even down. <laughs> you lost. You, you know, lost. It's even down to, you know? Like, you know when you're holding pads and you'll feed somebody a pad? If you're going to eat a kick, you do that a little bit. Oh, you, you should have seen his leg. And so I had him train with me. How long have you been at the gym? Ten seconds. No, you were the. <laughs> it was more than that. Minute day one. one. Like day, day one. Week no, two. I was getting on. my was, legs kicked to death. No, 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 no. When you, when it, no, when you when you held the pads for me. When yeah, you, it was like right shield. away. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 okay, Did you well, do I, the baseball bat thing? I showed you the baseball bat. I would thing. rather taking the bat. <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna be a bitch though. I'm like, oh, I'll just sit here and take this. So I, yeah. Well, first off, so for the you had something to work out. You're in your head. You're a no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) You're a big dude. You're a considerably big man. How tall are you? Five ten. And you're you look taller than five ten. Fair. What do you walk around at? Two forty. Two forty. So you're a big dude, right? First time you walked in the gym, I was like, damn, that's a big guy, right? (laughs) You kick the heavy bag now, and I feel bad for the back. You know, I'm like, oh, I watched you kick it the other night, and I was like, we're gonna have to get a bigger bag. This we got to get it like a two hundred pounder or something because these these hundred pound bags are not making it. <laughs> we need pull bags, That's dude. It. That bag was swinging back at him and he caught it with a kick and it just bananaed around his leg and I was like, ow. <laughs> I was like, so now we don't let ourselves get kicked by John. <laughs> I had a bruise like the entire side of my leg from the last time I was in. From who? There was a guy I've never seen before. He came from somewhere else. Mm. He's been doing it for like five or six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he left me a huge purple knee. I'm like, oh, yeah, his inside leg kicks are really good. He kept I'm just, catching you. I'm just going to take this. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Who was that? Then you go home. Uh, that was it. A uh, guy came in from Finney's. I don't remember his name. But yeah, uh, he kid was with the dark hair. Uh, the who? Kid with dark hair. Uh, yeah, yeah. the the yeah, I know, I know he was the EMS about. guy. He was good. Yeah, he no, was not good. the EMS guy. He was uh, no. tall and and skinny. Fuck, he told me his name, but I can't remember. I think I know. You're ta- I watched oh, you guys. Okay, up we're thinking to leave. The... I know you're talking about yeah. though. Yeah, he purpled me up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The joys of Muay Thai. I know. <laughs> it's a My general. Wife's like, why are you doing this? I'm like, so when are we gonna get you in jujitsu? I'd like to roll, but. I don't know. It's just a scheduling thing. Just show up earlier. <laughs> just give me 30 minutes. <laughs> Choke me out? <laughs> I'm going to hey, be the one getting so choked. So I have this standing thing I just want to put out there for any of your officer friends. If there's any one officer that can put me in handcuffs in five minutes, I'll give him a free month. So we Can I strike you? Sure. Bring it on. <laughs> sure. I'm going to have to like knock uh, you out. You know out. what? How about this? We're in 100% Two officers, video no this. striking. <laughs> Five minutes. Him and I I'll were just hey, give up and start The video will own on Stone Date's Instagram. <laughs> so check it out. We were supposed to be teaching a like a DT. We couldn't get post. Well, we were working on maybe getting post. And 
we've had an ongoing thing because I used to, like I said, was a rest control instructor with hinge cuffs, and my mind has changed over time because I was like, look, me and somebody train with hinge cuffs, I think I get Eric in cuffs. No. And now he's like, I want you to think about it. <laughs> no, he told me, he goes, we're going to teach this course. I'm going to tell two of these officers to try to handcuff you. You think they can? He goes, because I'm going to throw it out there. You. Uh, my strategy, and he said no mate. fucking way he goes they're not going to put you in handcuffs he goes I'll put money they can't handcuff you my he goes strategy, forget me yeah. my strategy would be those tasers that shoot <laughs> and, no, jo- the best and don't miss tell the story of the old guy yeah, right. the old so guy. I have, I've done this before this is the first, where I did police someone I'm like look any two officers can put me in handcuffs in five minutes you get a free month training I'm not worried about that deal have a guy come in. I'll get through about three or four of them, and they're unsuccessful. And old school, old head cop, he's probably 50, comes in. It's his turn. He has the handcuffs. He throws them on the floor. I'm starting face down, sprawled out in a star. Yeah, prone right? down. Prone down. That's where, how I'm starting. He throws the cuffs in front of me, pulls out the little trainer gun, and says, put those cuffs on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Winning. Winning. Like, the old school way. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough, sir. You Fair win. Enough. You're going to do this to yourself. Nothing I can do about that. And now we no. are a, now we are a trained firearms instructor. And <laughs> it's like masturbation. Yes. Nobody can fuck me like me. <laughs> right? And I learned a lesson. Right. That's I, mean, be- I hey. think that's a fair thing because I guarantee I will show you how to cuff me. I promise. Yeah, right? I, I will show you how. Well, it's, it's hard like, to cuff people. Well, well I'm going to say it's hard to cuff people who are not trained. Like your average, it's a oh, lot harder I, to get somebody in handcuffs than you might oh, think. Oh, yeah. Especially dude, if they don't want to go. It, but I'll give you some tricks. Yeah. I'll oh, give yeah. you some tricks, that's oh, for yeah. sure. And I'll give you some tricks that is nice. That looks uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that, I would, you know, I is, even... is acceptable, socially acceptable ways to manipulate limbs. How about that? Because I used to cheat straight up when I had hinge cuffs. Because I'm a big fan. I used to pinch ears with hinge cuffs. cuffs. I grabbed their ear. Bam! Oh, yeah. Gotcha. This motherfucker in hinge cuffs. You know how many times he's like, I could do it with hinge cuffs. I could do it with hinge cuffs. I'm like, no. No. I've had way more luck just being like explaining it to people and actually fighting them. Because I'm getting older too now, so I can't. Roll with the only time handcuffs have been ever put on me is when you I was talked it. into them. Yeah, you, that's the best way. It's the only come way, on because it ain't gonna happen any other way. Like let's just we let's just handle business like gentlemen. We don't have to make yeah. this into in order. Else. So I've hey, f- it's like when people ask me what's the best way to take a punch. Don't don't because don't. <laughs> yeah, don't most of the time now I'm in. like that's appealing a- to you like dude, don't do this to us, dude. I gotta do it. I got a guy. Neither one of us want this yeah, right don't, now. Don't okay. do this to both of us. I'm going to get hurt. You're probably going to get hurt. It's bad for all of us. I was a, I was a <laughs> no guy. No one wins. I was a guy who was in the recon platoon with me. And he, he's a New York City oh. detective. And he sent me a video of them out doing something. And he is like knee across the shoulders of this dude. And there's three officers on him. And honestly, it was embarrassing. Like he's on his radio. They like are kind of body locking this guy's legs. He's not even like resisting crazy or whatever. And like. That's where I get back to training of I'm confident I could cuff anyone untrained easily now. And the the whole blue belt thing for training it's if people are willing to invest in that. But like for real, if you had to have that blue belt by the time you finished FTO, like the level of unfair for the average 97% of people, 
you'd be fine protecting yourself. Size and material. Female. I've seen soccer. There's soccer moms right now who I could point out if I'm like, she'll fuck you up. Most guys would be like, there's no way. And I'd be like, just wait. I'm (laughs) I'm about to laugh at this. Who've only been training for like a year. Like, it's the close. There's a reason my daughter will be. I mean, she's at the gym now. There's a reason she will be training at least until she's 16. Like, this is my deal with you. Because it's like a, I say it all the time. It's like a life skill like swimming. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn how to swim. She's going to learn how to tread water if she ever falls in the water long enough for her to save her life. She will never be, unless her boyfriend is a black belt in some like in something or hits her in, behind, in the head, I'm never going to have her come home being like, Daddy, I was raped by my one boyfriend. She may come home crying like... He's passed out in the car, and I choked him unconscious. And I'll be like, Dad, you'll take good. care of it. And I'm walking out of the house with bolt cutters. But My wife loves <laughs> coming to it, but I thought it was important for her. I'm like, you got to learn that stuff. Yeah. She's, she's in so small. Camp- yeah, I mean, she's Dude. tiny, but she's like... She has this like fierceness. That's a little. Like, you're like, okay. Aggression. I haven't seen this yet. High yeah. aggression. Yeah. You know, the only thing I was thinking about when Sarge was talking is like, what kind of weird shit's going on in your bedroom, bro? What are you doing with right handcuffs? Now? Nothing. Your handcuff skills keep improving. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing at home, man? I told you. <laughs> I have a lot of alone time now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the listening audience. Mm, good for and he's like, and no one does it like yourself. And nobody no does. One. Nobody no can one. fuck me like me. That's mm. right. No one touches me like me. Oh, <laughs> shit. Well, yes. she ain't oh I, yeah, I got to tell you about that. Yeah, I figure if she, she needs to be able to, you know, hold her own against someone my size. And she's not going to probably run into, like, too many giants out there. But, I mean, there are big guys out there. That, mm. dude, I'm a small dude. And there's uh, pretty much everybody's bigger than me. <laughs> like, I know how it is. And I'm bigger than females. And yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm out here having to freaking figure this shit out. She goes to some pretty crazy places. Mm-hmm. So, and she's like, a, she got one other person with her, but. Still, right? dude. It's not really that, not really that much of an advantage. Yeah. Not right. unless, you know, if someone really wanted yeah. to like, get a hold of her. And see, even the, like, the idea of. You don't have to be as proficient as you think. It's just being in the situation enough to where the first time a bigger, stronger person grabs you is not in a real kind yeah. of situation. You're inoculated to the stress of it. Right. Yeah. Like you, the response time or that freeze time, the fawning response, right? That's a real thing. We talked about it in the instructor that whatever that freeze response Fight, is, freeze, yeah. right? If we can if we can cut that down from 10 seconds to 2 seconds is the goal. Right? So you have to be in those situations to be able to cut that time down. So having a bigger, stronger, even trained person come up and say I'm going to manhandle you and you have experienced that in a safe controlled environment hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times that the off chance that that happens to you in a non-controlled environment at least you know well, you've been there before. It's like Joe Rogan says, it's like all of a sudden it's on and all of a sudden you weather that for, you know, 15, 30 seconds, you say safe and all of a sudden they gas mm-hmm. out because their gas tank's gone. And then you're like, oh, yeah, bitch, we're doing this. And then they don't know what's yeah, happening. I've heard well, it said in a bunch of trainings that your mind can't go where your body's never or your body can't go where your mind's yeah. never been. Yeah. Well, right. you know, it's like it's like my story when I got into bouncing. You know, I had I was not a fighter. 
growing up. I'd never been in a street fight, right? And uh, the only type of physical altercation I'd ever been in was the Army doing, like, company-level boxing stuff. So I'd never really had that. And then, you know, I walk into a bar, and I, I'm a guy, I really don't like conflict anyway. And so going up to somebody and, like, talking, I would always have, like, the shaky knees and the voice and everything like that. Excuse and, me, sir. Yeah, it was terrible, right? And You've so puked I had a, at the bar. You have to leave. You know, my <laughs> first, it was, you know, the very first fight, it was, like, all the way up until that. And then, but the the first time that I was bouncing that somebody had thrown a punch, and it became a fight. It instantly went away. I was so calm because I was used to training. And my brain went into this immediate fight mode and everything went calm. And then I was like, oh, wow. Now I can shorten this <laughs> scary part, right? And then I had to develop that other side. It was like, that's the confrontation side that I had to develop. I didn't have to develop the physical adversity side of it because I'd already done that. And then I became so comfortable in the altercation. And, and that was all training. That was all training. It was just putting yourself in stressful situations and allowing yourself to work out of it. But you were able to go in autopilot. Mm -hmm. You're like, now it's on. Next time oh, somebody autopilot, you know, kick them. Yeah, and right. that's what I, I just had this conversation. It's going to look terrible. Yeah, I just had this conversation <laughs> with my guys last <laughs> night. And we were talking about that because they were like, how long, you know, they, they, uh, they were sparring with the guy that had about 17 fights. And uh, they were struggling with it, right? It was like, oh, you know, he was doing stuff, and I can't think that fast. Bryce. And it's like, you can only, you can only think of so many things at a time, and then it becomes, then it, then you learn that, right? So it's like you learn these three things, and you get to the point to where you don't even have to think about. You it. don't even have to think about it. It's autopilot. Then you can learn three more things, and then that becomes autopilot. And then over a long enough time, that's where experience plays, right? And especially in Muay Thai or Jiu Jitsu or anything. You just, uh, what makes a difference between somebody who is an experienced fighter versus not is the tools that you have in your toolbox. You know, and I get to the point anymore and it's, and it's hard to explain to people. It's like, sometimes I have a hard time coaching because I don't realize what I'm doing. Like I will, you know, I'll be out there sparring and I will hit somebody or counter or do some move or, or whatever. And I'll surprise myself. I'll be like, oh, that was nice. Sweet. I didn't even think about it. My body recognized it and reacted to it. And then after that, I had the thought of it. Like, oh, that was a good idea. I should have done that again. You know? And, but how do you teach that? You can't. It, that's reps. That's what gets you in there. You go to autopilot. It's all mat time. It's all mat time. But so, you know. You have to get yourself into that space to where you have automatic reactions, and that's where the, the confidence comes in. Eventually, long enough down that road, if you're, if you're grappling, if you're striking, you get to enough competent spaces to where in your average altercation, there isn't, you don't really have a worry of where it's going to go. You know, when I was at the bar, I didn't care if somebody was going to throw punches at me or try to take me to the ground or if they wanted to clinch with me on a wall. I didn't really care. I just knew that wherever that fight went, I was going to be good. And that's all I knew, right? Because I was comfortable in those areas, in all of those aspects. And, you know, obviously, if they would have been a trained fighter or something, that would have been different. But, you know, like we talked about, too, that doesn't really happen. You know, very seldom do you get two trained fighters that are going to run their mouth in the street and go battle it out, you know? So, I don't know. I, I definitely see what you guys are saying. It's a big thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, if you got two guys that are trained fighting, they've both been hit before. Nobody wants that. Yeah, you're like, I know how bad they're trying to find a way out of it. That's why that's like more likely it'd just be like, oh, excuse me, yeah, man, excuse me, hug. They're both like, they're both like, man, I got to get to training tomorrow. I ain't trying to be sore. In any in any altercation I take the route that you do, it's I'm going to try to de-escalate it. Oh yeah, right. We don't have to do this. I don't. We don't have to do this. And in the minute I recognize that somebody can competently handle themselves, which you you learn, you know what to look for. Right, and I'm sure a yeah. police officer. You could look at someone and tell that guy knows how to handle himself, and not someone else. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, 100%. you know, you're sizing people up; they're sizing you up. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. So if you, well, if someone talked about it earlier. I think you did. Where you got an officer that shows up and he's like, you know, shaky and nervous and stuff. You pick up on that. You're probably more likely to test that guy versus someone who's like, this is what's about to happen. Right. I can't tell you. Like again, on both sides, I've had. A police officer come up to me and talk to me respectfully and treat me like an adult, even though I was in the wrong. And I mean, granted, I go through my life knowing what I choose my like accepting of consequences and having an officer come up and say, hey, this is what's happening. This is what I'm going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And me go, yep. Versus (laughs) versus this cop coming up and saying, what the fuck are you doing? Already cussing at me, already in my face, already thinking I'm a piece of shit. I'm like, dude, just because I have a gram of weed in my car doesn't mean I'm not a civil person. Yeah. It's like my go-to line all the time. Like, we can do this like gentlemen. This isn't isn't business. This is not personal. Don't, we don't have to. Yeah, like, you know, I've don't like make that, this like, a me versus you. That's not what this is. That's not what's happening. Yeah, and that's a, a thing just that I've gone. Dude. Yeah, gone I'm just through. a dad with a badge. <laughs> just a dad with yeah, a badge. That's the way. Like, man. you know, and, <laughs> and like, just a guy to play off of what he was saying, like how he, as a bouncer, felt more confident once he was in that situation and doing this thing. And if we have more police officers putting themselves in situations where they're like, it doesn't matter if this guy gets on top of me. Yeah, I'm just gonna roll him over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I'm in this position because I'll know I'll just turn my hip and I can get to this side of my Batman belt. I'll turn my hip that way and I'll get him his hands away from there. He's definitely not going to get my gun. He's not going to. I don't have to worry about. Well, it certainly makes you more confident. It makes you way more confident and way more like if you're confident in your ability to handle a situation, it's way easier to talk yourself out of that situation. Confidence (laughs) is control. Right. Right. The ability to control yourself, your confidence situation, you feel like you control your variables, what's in the situation. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, because, you know, if the things go as badly as they can, if you and I are talking and it goes as poorly as possible, we all there's like this undercurrent where it will end right. in a physical confrontation. Well, but if you're OK with that, you can be confident all the way up to that. Like, well, I don't care it, if it goes there. I don't want it to go there. Well, yeah. it's even if it in, does, it's all good. It's well, even I, in your explanation right. earlier. If you would have came up to me as a, even in a uniform, right, the way you come up, your presence, your mm-hmm. your demeanor, right, you're coming up very assertive, very calm you know there's no put off there but i definitely understand you're someone to be respected and we're going to have a conversation you know and that i think that's a beautiful way to just not escalate the situation but you're coming in with confidence and you're controlling it when i first came down here i was we stopped i don't know what we were stopping this guy for he's walking around or he did something i don't know but i i don't know what he's doing like i don't know what he did really so i'm talking to him i have a punchable face and he's like you know man i really want to punch you in the fucking face I was like, I don't know why. You're like, meet me at? <laughs> Not sure why. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know why you feel that way, but how about you don't? 
<laughs> I'd rather you how not. About, how about no? <laughs> I don't want to be punched. <laughs> Never mind the legal part. <laughs> Just like, don't. I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather you not. Don't. Like, I don't know why you're doing It's not that. even about anything else besides I don't want to get hit in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, come on. Forget guy. the law part. I and, just don't want to be punched. And then he <laughs> signs up for more time. Yeah. <laughs> right. At least I'm getting punched. You know, I, I want it. Yeah. It's my <laughs> turn. On your terms. <laughs> I got hit on my terms. <laughs> I want to punch you in the fucking face. All right, man. I don't know why. Just you can think that. Just Pe- keep it over say, there. People, yeah. <laughs> people say stuff like, "I'm really nervous right now," and I always ask them, "Like, well, am I doing something that's doing that to you? Like, am I yeah, making being you a nervous? cop, bro?" <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it's, but sometimes it might be something that I'm doing. I don't know if it is. I'll stop doing it. But I talk to people like I'm talking to you guys now. So I, I don't usually. I'm not like super aggressive, but. Like if it's something like, I'm doing that's making you nervous, I'll stop doing that. Dude, like I yeah. said, like any, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could have just been speeding, it, and knowing, like, and I'm, yeah. my, what do you? I like to say, my like practical self knows that the worst case scenario is I'm getting a ticket. Mm. Like that's all I got to deal with is a fine, and I that sucks, but whatever. You know, I accept that consequence. <laughs> but I'm still going like what kind of variable can happen right you know what's gonna go how's this interaction gonna go am i gonna seem too nervous and it's get a good pulled out of my car too though because no. when you start talking yeah. about people being nervous because sometimes people are nervous because they're committing crimes or whatever and yeah. you can see it they're sweating they're like jittery their hands are shaking when they're handing your id and i've had them ask me in court like well what does nervous mean yeah mm-hmm. like, uh, nervous means he's nervous well, well then, you, then you got weird people like me. I am I have an uncomfortable fear of cops. Okay, <laughs> I do not like them around me in most, uniform. Most I I don't I just don't. I don't want to interact at all. It's like I don't even look at them. I just go on my way. Like pretend you just exist and you're over here. I don't want you anything that's jeopardizing my freedom. Get away from me. Yeah. Right. Whether I'm not doing anything or not. So if you come up to me in uniform and I didn't know you, I could be standing in the middle of a convenience store. <laughs> I'm going to be nervous. Yeah. It's going to be like, quit talking to me. I want to go away. Like, stop. Yeah. I don't want to have a conversation with you. I just want to leave. Yeah. And you can. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, you can do uh, consensual, but I'm going to look, aware. but you I'm going to look suspicious. Yeah. You know crime, what I mean? Yeah. What You're going to you now be looking for committing. Me. Maybe. Yeah. Am yeah. I free What's to go? This guy? Yeah. Why is he treating right? me this way? Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't want to ever think that I'm trying to disrespect cops as individuals. No. Right. It's not. Oh, no. no. It's always an individual situation. Because every person's different, things like that. But just the aura of police, I know what you're saying. I had I walked into a gas station, and a cop walks in at, right behind me, held the door open for me, and I'm going, hold my posture up, look like a upstanding citizen. Well, you know, it's and, a mixed uh, bag. You don't know who you're getting. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like, but with cops, you know, yeah, you don't know. but with anybody, you don't know who you're getting with me yeah, yeah. as just a guy you're opening the door for. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say know. is like, you know, it's it, that's exactly how I feel. It's like once I know the man behind the uniform, that wouldn't bother me. If I if I seen you now out in public, I'd come right up to you and talk to you. No, because I'm not worried about you taking my freedom away. <laughs> Dude. Right? But it's like when you have someone who possesses the ability to take your freedom away, mm-hmm. when they're in that uniform, that's what that's representing. Yeah. And I don't want anything to do with it. Eric like, literally. Like, I don't want that in my life. You yeah. picked me out as a cop right away. I don't know. I, I didn't tell you that. Eric literally oh, watched. You just look you all look the same. Him. He literally watched. I don't know. I did <laughs> Hey, I did check. You, I second time the Jeff Co deputy. Like, what the? The whole way from Hillsboro one day, because I know him, 
and we're fret and I'm like sitting there going super slow and I made him follow me all the way to the Orslands in DeSoto and I pulled in Eric pulled in to meet me there and I get out and he's like what the fuck dude are you Miss Daisy <laughs> he said I was calling Steve like what the hell dude Sam's going stupid I said I was trying to get you to pull me over I was fucking <laughs> with him just for going like under he I see him in the back like doing this <laughs> like really Sam I'm trying to get him to light me we up we spend dude. all damn day driving you're like get out of my way I gotta get to I need I to get a poop. drink. <laughs> I knew it was so, him, and then we so, ended up bullshit for like 20 minutes in the parking how fast, lot. How fast can we drive before we get pulled over? Mine's always 15. 15. You're nice. Sweet. You're really oh, nice. Now, is I've been it, hit for four, bro. Now, isn't in Missouri anything that's, under, that's a little, anything under 10 miles an hour doesn't count in points towards your license? That I don't know. Oh, okay. But I, I don't know. I don't bother with it unless it's 15 over. Because it's, I don't know, I I may speed here or there. Allegedly. <laughs> so if, uh, yeah. Allegedly. If I'm going five or ten miles over, don't stop me. Come on. Right. The hell? Everyone's going five or ten miles over. When people pass me going ten under, I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. When I'm running radar. That's a vein, vein of my existence. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> Boring. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Okay. I always feel sketchy, though, when I'm, like, riding on the highway and I got a cop just hovering. And I know I'm supposed to pass him. And if I pass him, he's going to see my plate. He's gonna oh, be behind me. You got the bad place. He's gonna be behind me. You're just gonna know who I am. You're like you have the like you ha now. You're behind me. Right. Well, I guess I could technically figure out who you are. Right. But it's just now you're in the position to pull me over. Right. I'm giving you that. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing. If you're ever I'm giving you my back in a way. If you right? ever wonder if a cop saw you, yes. Well, yeah. No, I know that. So he already knows you're there. Well, yeah. But now I'm in this weird like he's going just over the speed limit. I'm in the fast lane a little bit. <laughs> you know. I, I got I got pulled over once. I was in my early twenties for waving at a cop. I was driving by and I seen him sitting there and I just waved to be nice. He pulled me over. <laughs> Who are you waving at? <laughs> he thought I flipped him off. <laughs> yeah. And my brother in law got pulled over for having his hand on him like this. Like you're saying that I was trying to avoid being seen. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't Why do you at, have to see me? I don't wave at cops anymore. My question. It's just not <laughs> Well, I came from a place where they didn't wave at police. Now I'm in a place where they do wave. So when people are waving at me, I'm like, what's going on? Did I leave my gas tank open? What do you want from me? <laughs> I'm feeling uncomfortable. Oh, my Lord. Oh, well, That's so crazy. Yeah, I've had a good time. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Did you have fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you nervous? No. No, it wasn't bad at all. Was I it? was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's because you're under arrest. <laughs> Damn it. You gonna, the target it's gonna, gonna time. Like, It's going to look like an episode of Super Troopers here in a minute. <laughs> Littering the and... <laughs> they put soap in my water. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, a liter of cola. I'll tell you what, man. We really appreciate having you. You've been yeah. an excellent guest. Thanks for having me. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, this this is, is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I think you did a good job of showing people, like you said, the dad behind the badge, right? Yeah, just a dude. Just a dude. <laughs> and and that's the important part because it's a really hard job that you have, especially today. I, I mean, uh, the world since 2020 has been a terrible place for to be a police officer. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and again, the job that you do, I, we value you very much. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So, thank you, thank you. Anything yeah. we can support to keep you safe and to get you home and to do those things, too. I'm start. I'm gonna start getting people to try to handcuff you. You should just Bring for my it. own enjoyment. Only on the mat, and we're gonna okay. video it every <laughs> time. Every Soft time. <laughs> <laughs> Only on the mat. It's gonna be a schnooks. <laughs> He's there he is. Like six cops chasing you now. You're like, what is this? I'm back there oh laughing. Get him. He's following you. Uh, I would shit Month myself. Month of training, boys. Get him. I would shit myself. <laughs>
<laughs> just got to have a po- cop car parked at the edge of your driveway. <laughs> I'll just tell them, well, you got the deal is you got to catch him, too. So he's going to run just as part of the game. <laughs> going to run. I'm going, dude, I hate running so much. I'm not going to run from the cops, okay? I'm not running. Me, too. I'm if you run running. from me, I'm like, yo, you. The whole so reason. I'll the, come outside and start hey, stretching. I, that's my biggest joke. Like, I don't I'll even run from the cops. Dude, like, that's how much I hate The whole reason I learned how to fight is so I didn't have to run. That's it. That's it. I'm too tired. I'm standing my ground anyway. Might as well. Might as well give myself a shot. <laughs> Money I'm hurts, chasing bro. you. You get over two fences. I'm like, Woo. all right, boy, you got away. Yeah, me yeah. quick. Yeah. Hey, He's par- the fastest kid alive. <laughs> you, you heard it's it. Here. Bolt. Hey, you heard it here. Learn parkour. Yeah. Right. Jump Learn. over fences. You Jump over fences. Parkour. You got it. Oh Fucking parkour is where it's at. Uh, all right. Parkour. So, hey, we're going to wrap up this episode, guys. If you were still listening to us, we appreciate you. Make sure that you click subscribe. And hit that notification bell so that you don't miss future episodes. We're going to have episodes dropping every Saturday by midnight. So make sure that you do that. We appreciate you guys. We're going to go ahead and thank our sponsors. We're going to give a big thank you to our man, Anthony Ferguson, over at Malevolent Art Tattoo Studio in Barnhart, Missouri. If you are looking for a tattoo experience that is absolute professional quality, go see him over at Malevolent Art. He's got a group of artists there. They will work with you from the beginning to the end. They will help design something that you will be happy with, and they will put down a quality piece of art. Mention the Stoned Apes when you reach out to them, and you will get 20% off any booked tattoo. Another big thank you goes out to Elliot Growth. Elliot Growth owns eGrowth Productions. He is an Instagram uh, he's on Instagram and he is an audio video company. He does a bunch of social media stuff, photography. He manages SEO. You can see examples of his work for the Stone Apes and for 10th Planet Crystal City. You can find that down in the description. Go ahead and send him a message if you're looking for some work like that. Mention the Stone Apes and get 10% off any service. Elliot is also an appointment only tattoo artist and he works at a Gateway Tattoo Studio in Arnold, Missouri. If you're looking for a quality piece of art, that is completely custom and designed just for you, reach out to him. He specializes in black, gray, and realism work. He will give you $50 off any half-day booked appointment if you mention the Stoned Apes. So make sure to go over there and see our man at Gateway Tattoo Studio. All right, guys. That is it for this episode of the Stoned Apes, and we are out.